0: Thomas Shatar is surprisingly still on the open market. Is there a reunion in place for him to return to the Devils organization, or is he looking at a divisional rival? Also, rumors are circulating once again about Connor Hellebuck and his future with the Winnipeg Jets. One report is saying that maybe Hellebuck can join New Jersey in 2024. And also, EA Sports, it's in the game? Well, why didn't they select Jack Hughes to be their next cover athlete? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential Mia member, Trey Matthews. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Tomas Tatar in the first segment because Tatar is still an available free agent despite having a big year with the Devils just this past season then the second segment we're going to talk about a very popular offseason discussion and that is the possibility of Connor hellebuck joining the devil's roster at one point or another and then to round it all off we're going to talk some video games because ea sports revealed their cover athlete for nhl 24 and a lot of people were pushing for jack hughes to possibly be the new face of shell 24 but Was he robbed? Was he snubbed? Was there other X factors? We'll talk about that in the third and final segment. But let's begin with Tomas Shatar and the surprising fact that he is still an unrestricted free agent available for any team to sign him. So a few days ago, Ryan Novozinski of NJ.com, he's a friend of the show, he put out an article and said that Tomas Shatar is still on the open market. And the rumor is, is that the Pittsburgh Penguins are generating a lot of noise because they are quite intrigued about Tatar. Now, it seems like the Pittsburgh Penguins are trying to become the New Jersey Devils in some sort of sense. They're going to become the Pittsburgh Devils because this offseason they have signed Will Butcher, Andreas Johnson, Ryan Graves, and now they're in the hunt for Tatar. So we're going to talk about Tatar's season, what his impact was, because he actually had a good turnaround story. And then I'm going to answer the big question, which is, do I want Tatar back on the Devils? Because I'm hearing reports saying that it's still a possibility that Tatar could reunite with the Devils. But obviously, circumstances are going to be a little bit different in terms of finance and in terms of what his role might look like if he were to remain in a Devils uniform. So this season for Tatar, he had 48 points, which ranked sixth on the team. He had an offensive point share of 3.1, which also ranked sixth on the team. He had a defensive point share of 2.8, which ranked seventh on the team. He also generated a decent amount of hits. He had 65 this season and he ranked ninth on the team. So top 10. He also did a little bit of the face-offs. He had a face-off win percentage of 39 and a half, which ranked seventh on the team. And he actually led the entire Devils team in plus minus with a grand total of plus 41. So I talked about Tatar and his redemptive story because at the beginning of the year, people were basically saying like, why is Tatar still on the roster? And during preseason, he actually had to earn his spot on the team because I remember a big talking point was that could Tatar be waived by the Devils because His first showing with the Devils back during the 2021-2022 season, it wasn't really all that memorable. He was very inconsistent. He wasn't really making the big impact that I think a lot of Devils fans were hoping for because I remember when the Devils signed him during free agency, I was like, okay, Tatar can definitely be a solid contributor on the top six because he led the Montreal Canadiens in scoring not too long ago. And I felt as though it was a diamond in the rough type of deal for Tom Fitzgerald. I felt like it was a a deal that fell underneath a lot of people's radar. And if you were able to just get a little bit of what Tatar was able to do for the Canadians not too long ago, then that's a pretty good pickup. But like I said, first season didn't really go as planned. Then going into year two, he had to fight tooth and nail to earn his roster spot. And how did he impact the team? Well, I told you guys the stats, but... Based on my bird's view, I saw Tatar be in the right place at the right possible time. It seemed like he knew how to clean up rebounding chances. It seemed like he knew how to play aggressively to an extent, but he was just a good glue piece on that Nico Kiescher and Dawson Mercer line. Because for Heisher, he's obviously a two-way player. So he sure focuses more on the defense as opposed to the offense. It's just He sure's nature. He's very unselfish. He wants to try to get his teammates involved. We saw the surgeons in Dawson Mercer. I talked briefly about that with Gabby Nordstrom of Jersey Sporting News in yesterday's episode. But Mercer just had a surgeon in his offensive game. And then I felt like the player that was very underrated on that line was Tatar, because I read you guys' stats. He was ranked quite high in a lot of statistical categories for the Devils, and when he was able to score or when he was able to find himself into the score sheet, Devils fans definitely felt his impact, and it was there. And I was even pushing for Tatar to possibly re-sign with the Devils because I thought that was definitely uh, what we were hoping for Tatar – when we signed him during the 2021 offseason, that was the Tatar that I was hoping the Devils were able to get out of. And and who says you can't teach an old dog new tricks? I think Tatar still has a few years left in him, and I'm quite uh shocked that he is still available on the free agent market because I was like, even if the devils don't sign him, I thought he would have no trouble latching onto a team because. Once again, if you just look at his stats and you look at some of his impactful plays this season, he was one of the reasons why the Devils were able to take a couple steps forward. He was an X-factor player. And I think people just underestimated his true contribution to this roster. But times have changed for the Devils right now because the million-dollar question is, do I want Tatar to re-sign with the Devils? Well, if we're looking at it this realistically and logistically, I'm going to have to say no, because when looking at the top six for Devils, the talk of the town is that their top six unit is absolutely stacked because you got Timo Meyer, you got Heischer, you got Mercer, then you got Jesper Brad, Jack Hughes and Tyler DeFoley. So all those guys are pretty much a safe bet to Contribute either on the first or second line for the Devils. So my thing is like, if if Tatar is added onto this roster, he's not going to reunite with Heisher and Mercer because you got to factor in Meyer, you got to factor in Brat, and obviously the newly added Devil in Tyler Toffoli. He's definitely going to eat up a chunk of those minutes, and he's going to see himself as one of the top priorities for the Devils in their playbook. So I think that will be a little unfair for Tatar if he's not able to reunite with Heisher and Mercer because if you guys recall during the month of January and also February that Mercer, Heisher and Tatar line it was really dominant. We saw Heisher able to take his games to new heights as a two-way player. We saw Mercer go on a tremendous point streak and Tatar even though a lot of people didn't give him the recognition that I think he truly deserved, he was still a key component on that line. So I think setting Tatar up for failure and not reuniting him with his line mates. I don't think that's going to pan out too well. And another thing that we have to factor in is that when you look at the bottom six and according to daily face off, here's uh, some players that they are projecting to play on the third and fourth line. You got Andre Palat, you got Eric Halla. They think Alexander Holtz is going to slide into that right wing position on the third line. Then on that fourth line, the now defunct BMW line it's Michael McLeod, Nathan Bashan, and it could be Curtis Lazar. It could be Tomasz Nosek. That's going to be a bit of a coin flip. But when looking at this roster of Fords for the Devils, I don't think there's any room for Tatar to slide in and comfortably fit because when looking at this uh, roster, there's really only one available starting position because Alexander Holtz is going to have to go out and earn his playing time with the Devils because. If you guys recall, Ryan Novozinski reported this uh, a few weeks ago. He said during exit interviews, people of the front office of both the Utica Comets and the Devils organization had a serious sit-down discussion with him and said, you need to step up your game. Otherwise, you're going to see yourself scratched or possibly Holtz could see his name brought up in the trade market once again. And then you got someone like Tom Fitzgerald telling us media personnel that he wants to see people like Nolan foot be given a more consistent chance to start in some games this season for the devil so the thing is is like for for Tatar if he was on this roster I think that takes away an open spot for some of our young guys to thrive because because one of the things I talked about last month was that you can't keep holtz in Utica forever he's got to be given a consistent chance to try to showcase his skill set or Quite honestly, maybe he's just being groomed for the trade market. I don't know what the future holds for Holtz and uh, him sticking around with the Devils, but he needs to be given a fair chance to try to take his game to another level. And the same can be said for Nolan Foote. So in terms of the tomas Shatar reunion, I think that's a idea that looks better on paper because obviously he had big contributions on the Devils this year, but I think he was replaced with Tyler Toffoli And if I had to pick one or the other, the track history shows, I think Tyler Toffoli is the better option for the Devils moving forward. So I like Thomas Shatar. I like what he was able to do. But in terms of him reuniting with the Devils at least one more time, I just think that looks better on paper. I think that will put him into an uncomfortable position. I don't want to set him up for failure. And I think if he was on this roster, it just takes away a roster spot. From someone like Alexander Holtz or Nolan Foot, because the Devils have a lot of talent in their prospect pipeline that need to be given a chance to showcase their skill set. So, I think Tatar and the, and possibly returning to the Devils, I think it's a little out the question. But once again, I am surprised that he is still available on the open market. I think teams should be jumping out for him because once again he has a few more good years left in him. Now we're going to talk about Connor Hellebuck and the possibility of him joining Devils either this year or next year. But before we continue, let me tell you guys about FanDuel because football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, When you bet on Super Bowl winner, you could get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You could use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over and unders and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Take time to visit FanDuel and include money lines, props, etc. around your team. Okay, let's talk about Connor Hellebuck, which has been the talk of the town during this offseason for the Devils because it, it's a heated debate that I think a lot of fans are engaging in, which is do the Devils stick with Vitek Vancheck and Akira Schmid, or do they try to upgrade and go all out for like Connor Hellebuck? Because the rumor was is that Hellebuck wants out of the Winnipeg Jets' uh, franchise and he wants a new change of scenery because he feels as though he is running out of time to possibly win a Stanley cup. And one of his preferred destinations is in fact, the devils. Now that's quite interesting and flattering, but I said that given uh, the amount of money that he's projected to make in the future, I don't think it would be a smart investment for the devils. Plus who would you try to trade? I'm not really all for trading a young up and coming prospect for a possible rental goalie, but There's a new report by The Athletic, and they uh, came up with an alternate solution for the Devils to acquire Connor Hellebuck. So in one of their articles, they stated the New Jersey Devils are also in a nice spot, having signed the team's young impact players long term and turning those contracts into extreme value deals. Next summer could see New Jersey reach out and sign top flight goaltender Connor Hellebuck in an effort to increase the already solid chances Of winning the Stanley Cup. They continue to say from the top group, the Devils are in a fantastic position. The team has already done the things Chicago and Buffalo need to do and have done it right. If the summer of 2024 arrives and the Devils still need Connor Hellebuck, it should happen. A veteran goaltender who could arrive to push his new team to the Stanley Cup, a team with great value marbled through the roster and a management group that has tailored the roster so well. That $21 million in cap room awaits the next step. Okay. So I guess you're wondering Does my opinion about Connor Hellebuck change? Because he is set to become an unrestricted free agent. And that's w- where people are kind of hesitant for Fitzgerald to pull the trigger on a potential trade. Because let's just say the Devils can't afford him come next offseason, then you really gave away a few key assets for a rental player. So the main question is, should the Devils trade for Hellebuck or sign him in 2024? Well, here's my thing. In terms of trading him, I think we're sort of past that point in the offseason because I said the only way that I'm open for the Devils to potentially get Connor Hellebuck is if they do what they were able to do for Damon Severson and Yegor Sharangovich, which is you got a pending UFA in Severson and a pending RFA in Sharon Govich. So trade their value while you still got the chance. So for Severson, they did the second sign and trade in NHL history. And then for Sharon Govich, they traded him to Calgary. Calgary was able to extend him. So my thing is like, I think we're past that point because once again, I am open to trading Alexander Holtz away, but it has to be for the right player and the right circumstance because I don't want to trade a player that's been compared to Philip Forsberg when he was first drafted for a one-year rental player because haven't you guys learned your lesson in the Corey Schneider fiasco when the Devils traded away their first round selection for Schneider and Schneider showed some promise in his first few seasons with the Devils but it was all downhill from there. And to make matters worse, that pick that they traded to the Vancouver Canucks in that draft for Corey Schneider, that pick ended up becoming Bo Horvat. So my thing is like, I think the Devils need to learn from their past mistakes. Fitzgerald is definitely a smart guy. I think he knows the risk in trying to obtain hella So that's my thing, which is if they were to trade like a pending RFA or a pending UFA, for Hellebuck, I'd be okay for that. But since we're well past July 1st, I think the mindset for Hellebuck is that he's going to wait until 2024 to find his new home. But my thing for the Devils is like, here's something that the Athletic did not include, which is you got to save some money for people like Dawson Mercer because Mercer is at the final year of his entry-level contract. You know you're going to have to pay him and then look at someone like Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes has already burned year one of his entry level contract. You know, he needs a new deal. Tyler Toffoli has one year remaining on his contract. So it's this year. And then Tofoli is going to hit the open market. So Fitzgerald recently revealed that he does have intent on trying to work out a long term contract with Toffoli. So that's something you have to factor in. Michael McLeod will become an RFA come next offseason. Colin Miller, depending on how he does with the Devils, he'll be a UFA come next year as well. So that's my thing for the athletic. Yes, I, I know you say that the Devils have this amount of cap space going into next season, and they could hypothetically afford someone like Hellebuck, but just because you can hypothetically afford somebody doesn't mean you should go all in for them because if they were to sign Hellebuck to a lengthy deal then will there be enough money to re-sign Dawson Mercer? Will there be enough money to re-sign Luke Hughes when we get to that point? Colin Miller, Tyler Toffoli. So that's the one thing that kind of scares me, which is you know Mercer is going to have to get paid. If Hughes projects into the player that everyone is hyping him up to be, then he is definitely going to ask for a big bump in his salary. Then uh, once again, for Miller, it's just like it depends on what he does. This season, if he's able to play that Damon Severson type role, then uh, I think Miller is going to ask for a decent contract. Obviously, nothing egregious, but still, that's something you have to take into consideration. And then for McLeod, he literally said during his media availability when he signed his new deal that the point of him going to UFA and signing that one year deal extension with the Devils is for them to work out a new contract come next offseason and once teams start to figure out that McLeod is very essential for this Devils roster and the Devils are still in a prime position to compete for a Stanley Cup then I guarantee you teams are going to try to steer him away from New Jersey mostly not because they think he's a good player but they want to make New Jersey weaker we've seen this tactic work out in a lot of major sports leagues so That's my thing. Connor Hellebuck is a great player, and he is definitely one of the best goalies in this generation. But just because someone is available doesn't mean the Devils should pursue him. you got to be smart about this, and I have no doubt in the back of my mind that Fitzgerald is a very smart general manager. So has my mindset changed in terms of pursuing Hellebuck? No, quite honestly. I think the Devils should run it back with Vanacek and Schmidt, And if that tandem does not work out this regular season or during the playoffs, then you can take some other things into consideration. But I just don't think Hellebuck is that answer. Given uh, his projected asking price come next offseason, he definitely has the ball in his court. So that's my that's where I worry about Hellebuck and the possibility of him calling New Jersey his new home. Okay, so to close out today's show, let's talk video games. So EA Sports recently revealed their cover athlete for NHL 24, and it's going to be Kale McCarr. So McCarr won the Norris Trophy not too long ago. He is a Stanley Cup champion. He won the Conn Smythe Award during that same championship season uh, as a part of the Colorado Avalanche. So I'd say that was definitely a good pick for EA Sports, but... I was hoping that they would select Jack Hughes and uh, it's something that I talked about with Gabby Nordstrom in yesterday's episode, which was a lot of people were pushing for Hughes on Twitter. So a lot of people were saying that Hughes was robbed. So I'm here to answer the question. Was Jack Hughes robbed of potentially becoming the cover athlete for NHL 24 now? When looking back at some of the selections, let's go back to last year. It was Trevor Zegers and Sarah Nurse for NHL 23. I like the idea. I like the concept. But I think for the casual sports fan, it doesn't scream NHL video game. It screams more of a poster that you might get at a bookstore. So uh, that's my personal opinion on it. I love the Palm Trees as an NHL fan. I think it was definitely cool and unique. But I get it for the average sports fan it just doesn't scream NHL video game. Then the year before it was Austin Matthews, him walking uh, in the Maple Leaf tunnel. And then the year before it was Alexander Ovechkin. Then it was Austin Matthews again for NHL 20. Then go back to NHL 19. It's PK Subban before he joined the devil. So when looking back at some of the selections, obviously you want someone who's a little marketable. You want someone who's successful. So for Trevor Zegras and P.K. Subban, well, at the time of Subban's career, where it was at uh, a certain point, Subban was very marketable. He was sort of on the downhill spiral of his career, but he was still very marketable. And then for Trevor Zegress, still very young, very popular amongst the Ducks fan base, very marketable. Sarah Nurse can uh, definitely uh, add a new demographic of uh, hockey fans to try to pick up the video game and then for Austin Matthews. We know what he's been able to do as a part of the Maple Leafs. He finally got them past the first round, and obviously he's won the Hart Trophy uh, not too long ago. The point I'm trying to make is that in order to be selected to be the face of a certain brand, you got to either be marketable or you got to be very successful. And obviously, I think Jack Hughes fits both sides of the coin. But was he robbed? I'm going to say no for the time being. He's still very young, and he's showing a lot of promise. Obviously, he was able to lead the Devils to a historic season, and he broke Patrick Elias's single-season record. So my thing for Hughes is that his time is going to come in order for him to be the cover athlete of a video game or whatever brand he decides to market himself in. But speaking of marketability, I want Hughes to take a different approach when it comes to portraying himself in the media, because we as Devils fans, we don't think Hughes is unlikable, but we see him in interviews and sometimes he's short. Sometimes he's simple. Sometimes he can be funny. At times you get a funny soundbite here and there, but coming from someone who has spoken to Jack Hughes a few times, I don't think he's a jerk. I don't think he, he wants to portray himself as that, but he's really focused on the game of hockey and whether it's during an intermission post game whatever the case might be, I think it's safe to say that Hughes gives off the vibe that he'd rather be anywhere else than speaking into a microphone. And I don't think he's trying to be a diva. I just think he doesn't like doing interviews because I've seen him interact with his teammates. He's very lively. He's laughing. He's making jokes. He's playing soccer. He's loud. But at the end of the day, I think he's just a little camera shy and that could change uh uh when once he gets a little more accustomed to the league because he still has a lot of growing to do, he's just in his early 20s, he's still just a kid. But my thing for Hughes is that I want him to portray himself a little bit more likable to the NHL discourse because I think one of the things that EA Sports is struggling with Hughes is not his skill set, and this is just my educated guess, this is all speculation. So if you want to take what I say with a grain of salt, do so. But this is just my opinion. I think EA Sports views Hughes as a talented player, but not really marketable because in order to promote their game, they're going to have to sit down with Jack Hughes, they're going to have to do some interviews, they're going to have to uh, put his likeness out there, whatever the case might be. They need uh, Hughes to basically be a good representation to spread the word about their franchise video game, even though it's been going downhill the last few years. NHL is still one of the, more popular sports in North America. So I think for Hughes, especially when I see him in like these Chipotle commercials, he's not speaking. And I, if you guys saw that commercial, notice how Hughes is just playing hockey and there's a narrator speaking over it. Hughes is not doing an interview. He's not saying go to Chipotle and get this or that or get my uh, favorite dish, whatever the case might be hughes needs to change that a little bit if he wants to commercialize himself just a little bit more or maybe he doesn't want to that's definitely his prerogative but i think hughes being the cover athlete for a video game i think that would definitely be big for the devils because the last time that they had a cover athlete on a video game i think it was martin brodeur back on nhl uh 14 and uh, a lot of people are saying like Hugh should be glad that he's not the cover athlete because of the curse. And personally, I think that curse talk is a bunch of BS. I don't believe in curses. I believe in timely or untimely coincidences. And um, I, I think, what, Pat, wasn't Patrick Kane the cover of an NHL game? I know he's been it a few times. But didn't he end up winning the Stanley Cups uh, after he was named uh, the cover athlete or or something like that? I I, I, I need to look back at that story. But still, I don't think there's any curse. And I I really do believe that Hughes can one day be a cover athlete for EA Sports. But the one thing I want him to do just a little bit more is just be a little bit more lively in interviews, be a little bit more marketable. Because once again, you don't have to be the best player in order to be the cover athlete of a video game. Because I think a more recent example is PK Subban. He was a cover athlete for NHL 19. And I think he is the lowest rated cover athlete up to date because I think he was rated an 88 overall when NHL 19 came around and then we all know that his career trajectory sort of went downhill from there but was Jack Hughes robbed no it's just not his time yet but he will get adjusted to uh the media limelight in in my opinion once he gets a few more years in the league and that's my thing which is just make himself a little bit more marketable if he wants to be commercialized just a tad bit more and also Let's talk about the graphics for uh, NHL 24 because they have definitely taken some improvements. So one of the complaints that EA Sports has is that you have like systems like the PlayStation 5 and also Xbox Next Gen. So why don't you uh, jump on the opportunity to uh, basically take your graphics to the next level because they have stayed somewhat stagnant. But they released uh, an image of Kale McCarr in Video Game 4 for this upcoming video game. It looks really good. It looks i love the lighting i love the details so hopefully that's a sign of promising things to come but we'll talk more about shell 24 when more screenshots are released and maybe when the full ratings are released for the devils i'll do a reaction episode and talk about whether or not i agree with the ratings or if they should be higher or lower but that's all the time i have for you guys for today's episode thanks for listening so do you want Thomas Tatar back do you want connor hellebuck in 2024 and do you think Jack Hughes was robbed of being the next athlete to represent EA Sports? Let me know what you guys think. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below or hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TrainMath4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. Once again, all the time I have for you, so continue stay safe. Have a wonderful day New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.